hormones of the day, and this is when I was young. One, two, three, four! Welcome to Ramones of the Day, the podcast examining every single Ramones song alphabetically from 53rd to the word zero. I am Philip. And I'm Molly. And joining us again for a double dip is actor turned writer turned raconteur, John Ross Bowie. Hello, John. Hi. 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 If you if you knew me growing up, it's technically it's probably raconteur, writer, actor, but oh, fine, okay. whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever. you get into one. Yeah. Time you know, is cyclical. I now, got the, I now want to give you the image of a 12-year-old raconteur. <laughs> I just wanted you to think about that for a moment. Yeah, I, I picture a semi-full, like, bleachers. You've convinced enough friends to show up. You start talking, and then they start leaving. Yeah. That's how it would have gone for me. Uh-huh. That's, that's how, more or less, yeah. Uh, so... We're glad to have you back. I'm glad um, to be here. We, we're having you on for the song, When I Was Young. We talked to you when we were younger, and now, When I Was Young. This is from 1993. <laughs> Look. Uh, this is from 1993's Acid Eaters. This is, of course, a cover. This is uh, a cover of Eric Burden and the Animals song. Mm-hmm. I can not I can never tell if it's the Animals or Eric Burden and the Animals. It seems like it's a Frankie Valley Situation. Oh, I always uh, I just say the animals, but you're probably I did right. Too, it's but probably the Eric albums, Burden and the animals. Yeah. I've, I've actually never heard his name before. Eric Burden? I know. I'm, I'm, I know. Oh, okay. But I mean, I started doing the research. I was like, oh, obviously this is the guy, but I'd never heard anybody say I'm sure it's some marketing thing where they're like, make it this. This is the way, you know, but I don't know. Um, I gave this a song category, a made up song category of political. It feels sort of like counterculture. Okay. You know, this is hard times, hard living stuff. Yeah, That's, all right. I got. I got to give it something. It definitely has a message. It's like trying to. It's not, yeah, it's trying to say something. It's, by, by by virtue of being a '60s song, it's gonna. I'm looking political already. That's what that's what 60s songs do. You can say that about most of Acid Eaters, I think, is they all have a vaguely political edge to them. Yeah, that's funny, because you were saying that you were listening to the album on the way over here. Yeah. It is, I mean, I can't even remember that, honestly, maybe bad, bad, bad. But I should sit down and put Ass Eaters in and listen to Front to Back, which I haven't done in a long time. Yeah, because it's not... It's not great. It's not your favorite album. That's <laughs> no, I don't know anyone who would call it their favorite album. I think, I mean... That'd be incredible. It's, if you're out there. If you're uh, out there, if, if you're out there in, by a tweet, <laughs> let us know if Acid Eaters is your favorite Ramones album because... Like, who, rocket to Russia, Russia, Schmocket to Russia. <laughs> I, it, I always find like, and obviously it's 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 well-intentioned and they have a deep love for the music of the decade right before theirs and, or, you know, not theirs, but, you know, where they started. They obviously grew up listening yeah, to 60s yeah. rock and it's, it's a clear labor of love, but there's something always vaguely defeatist about a covers album for me. Sure. In the sense of like, eh, we're, we're done well, writing for seemed, a little bit. It, you know? I, I don't know if it feels defeatist to me. I feel like they love this music. And they got to a point where they're just like, we're tired of trying to do the thing that we think is going to please everybody else. So we're just going to do the thing that pleases us. That's I how I feel a, about this very, album. Very optimistic take on it. Yeah. I think I mean, they, always, they did a cover or two on every record. Sure. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But this is the one where they're like, we're going to do all our favorite, you know, psychedelic Stuff mm-hmm. that we don't think other people would like us to do. I think right. the I think the I think I heard a story sort of in the middle, which was they were doing successful covers. They had like a couple. I don't know which off of this track list it was, but they had some together that was like, Well, we got like five. Could we maybe like get seven more? Can you think we got seven more? And then mm-hmm. they 
filled it up like that. So I think it's kind of both. It's it like is. we're not writing so many songs. I mean, the next this is their That's second true. last writing so many. This songs. This is their second That's last album, and even the yeah. last album doesn't have that many technical like you know, originals from funny. the band. It would be interesting to know if they knew that they were getting towards the last. Johnny had to. Right? Johnny had to. He's watching the miracle reason. Uh, okay, you guys okay. literally keep an eye on his pension. I feel <laughs> it's like, like he's nine eighty two. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I feel like he was probably very cognizant of how much more time they had left yeah. in the band. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I. But it's funny. I, I if you get past that initial prejudice. Um, against like covers, against a covers yeah, album, yeah. the the stigma. And I'm, I'm obviously I love their covers. I love um, I love Let's Dance off the first oh, one. Oh, they think have some amazing fantastic. covers. I, their oh, yeah. version of California Sun is my favorite I mean, version of California Sun. Like, Needles and Pins still... is on the bonus yeah. of Rocket to Russia. I was listening to that on the way up. Um, or one version of uh, yeah, I yeah. love their version of Indian Giver is yeah, great. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, and what's interesting about Acid Eaters that distinguishes itself from the other 60s cover is that, as you said, it's the more psychedelic 60s stuff. It's the slightly more... It's just simply longer songs than the two and a half... <laughs> it's, you yeah, know, right? than, than, like, no, the two right. and a half minute yeah. pop songs yeah. by, like, <coughs> Chris Montez or whoever. Yeah. yeah. The real straightforward stuff. And and this is them playing a little bit. And there's signs of it when they cover Time Has Come Today off of uh, uh, Subterranean Jungle. Mm-hmm. You see them working in this genre a little bit already. Um... But this is a full-on exploration of their psychedelic chops. Yeah, um, yeah, it's an interesting piece of work, and this song is a, an interesting sample from that record. Yeah, we we've talked. Well, let's get into it, please. The Ramones played this never, so I'm gonna settle that right away. They it's didn't play anything off this album ever. They played did a they? couple, and they played substitute. substitute, substitute, and then I there's a couple more. But okay. I mean, this one also it's a slower one. Yeah, We're like what are we gonna do? Um, so I nope. feel like in general too, they didn't really play a lot of political songs in there. Except for Bonzo. Bonzo, yeah. And yeah. I mean, and this political, I don't think any of them were really thinking of this. Is this is no, more. No, I like, would consider this more social than yes. yeah, yeah, explicitly yeah. political. Social, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, that's just our tactic. Yeah. Social studies yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. Yeah, this is a story about how the world has changed from yes. whenever this particular boomer this song, is growing up. I feel like up. is in the same genre as that song about. Um, I think it's Cat Stevens about, you know, he's a dad and he's growing up. Father and son. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Cats the, the dad and, 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 and the son. What's it called? <laughs> dad and the son. Father and son. Oh, dad, dad goes to the son? <laughs> Family time? Um, something like that. So, not only is this our last cut from this album Ooh. in the alphabet, but mm-hmm. this, Molly, is our last taste of the CJ era. Ooh, last will, taste of CJ. Thank so, you for doing that homework. So we will. No, I like a good send off. So <laughs> seriously, we, we've we've had a lot of good CJ. Yeah. Well, we've gone through all of it. Um, all right. <laughs> so, John, the last time we had you on, you said it was in the D's. Yeah. Um, remember and I, don't did, think... I remember specifically we did Danny says. Yes, we did oh, Danny says. That was such a great. Oh, remember great. that time? Yeah. Did we do four? We did. Yeah, we, we did. did four. We did four right? Four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Daytime dilemma was one of them. Yes. And death of me and danger zone. So we're saying before, like it's it's been such a while. You know, I'm so happy to have you on the show because we had you on. We when for me personally, I was still learning so much about their moans, and now Mm -hmm. as we're wrapping up. You've I got feel your like PhD yeah, now, we, we literally are teaching a college course. Yeah, um, so oh, did we, say, wait, did we say that? No, we are not. That's but our. That's our. We we do have like we're a doing the of a secret that we want to. We're yeah. doing the secret style with this, and we're the name it. the name is so lame and perfect. Yeah, it's called Ramones One Hundred One Two Three Four. Oh my God! <laughs> so if you thank you, 
So we're both clapping. But Molly yeah, and I, I, Molly and I are yeah, clapping. Yeah. This is not a visual medium, but I want to make sure that the listener understands that I am applauding. I want them to see it because I know they can't hear it. So <laughs> I'm slamming my hands together in a Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yeah. So yeah, a lot has changed. The last time we had you on, I want to say you were mid-run of the L.A. Production. L.A. production of Four Chords and a Gun. That's correct. And now, yes, big in news. April 2019, the Toronto production, production. is going to uh, open on April 10th. Nice. And um, we just found out uh, that same production will move to Chicago and open on May no 19th. No kidding. Awesome. My birthday and Joey Ramon's birthday. <laughs> oh, wow. Joey Ramon's birthday. Wow. You got to do that's some right. press for that. That's right. I always forget. Because I'm, I'm May 30th. His birthday's right near mine. I was, yeah. Um, that's, that's. Yeah, they'll that do something. Is, that is amazing. Did you guys there, plan that? No, it's just oh, a happy accident. It's that's just a happy so they great. They're going to do a four-week four run in Toronto that can't, um, that can't uh, extend. Um, because their eye was to get it into Chicago, which is the second largest theater town in, in the yep. uh, in the United States. Fantastic theater there. Um, there's great stuff which in there. Which is great that your show's going there, because that's a wonderful yeah, right? place for it to be seen by I people who really great, love theater. I think it's a great place to be seen. Um, and these are these are big runs. These are eight-show weeks Dude. in 500-seat wow, theaters. Really? So this isn't like an L.A. Theater, run. You know? um, the one in... The one in in Chicago is really easy. It's the Broadway Playhouse. Okay. Uh, it's the Broadway Playhouse in Chicago. Um, the other one <laughs> nice. is the uh, is an interesting place. It's sort of like a rental theater called the Fleck Dance Theater in Toronto. Um, okay. Both are near their their uh, their city's respective waters. Um, <laughs> so that's fun. So head for the water. So head for the water, and you will eventually. If you end up inside of Lake Michigan, you've gone too far. Turn around, and but yeah, so it's really exciting. There. Um, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, I knew about the sorry. It's not any of the same cast from LA. It's none of the same cast. Okay. It's, a, it's a cast of Toronto people. Okay, and the um, Toronto people are going to go to Chicago. And the Toronto people are going to go to Chicago. Wow. Now, yeah. is your hope that it will eventually move to New York? The hope has always been that it will eventually okay. move to New well, York. That's um, closer and closer. That's closer and closer. I, I want to say, yeah. say for our listeners. Philip and I saw the show in LA, and I'll speak for myself. I loved it. I thought it was so good. Mm-hmm. I have some notes. I, <laughs> no, I love it too. Sure, um, it's sad. I'm, I'm sad that people won't be able to see that cast because that I cast was they really were special. Fantastic. That cast and was really special. Phil Spector in that cast was. I mean, <laughs> I the Johnny Ramone. Oh, the the Phil Spector. I mean, it it was yeah. it was a great that was great show. that was Josh Brenner uh, as Phil Spector. Josh Brenner is also <laughs> big head on Silicon Valley, right from Silicon Valley. And yeah. Um, yeah, he, he um, they were all really good. Josh Brenner got a um, oh god, what is the award? Um, there's an LA Theater Award that he was nominated for for, for this show. Yeah, it was really oh nice. good for him. Felt really good. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. But also uh, to get to play Phil Spector in a Ramones play, like. Yeah. That's a fun career. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> thing, you know. And when you've got when you're doing TV and you and you're doing premium cable TV so that you've got a chunk of yeah. time between seasons to commit to a play. Yeah. That yeah. was really we were lucky to have him. We were lucky to have all of them. And here we go. Jonathan McLean, James Pumphrey, Matthew Patrick Davis, Arden Mirren, and Michael Cassidy rounded out the rest of the cast and they were phenomenal. They yeah. were it was just everybody a really good was group. So, good. so please we had a run in, go see it. There yeah. was a short run in Tulsa last yes. year. We talked to those guys too. Oh, we that's did a, right. We did a special a special interview with two of them, the director and the Joey. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, they were yeah. The, the director and the Joey were the artistic directors of uh, yes. the uh, Tulsa Players Theater. Is that what I call it? Tulsa I think Players? that was right. Tulsa and and I feel like those little you you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's just those little things where it's like yeah, you just gotta keep 
going. There's yeah. something in there that people like, and so yeah. If Tulsa you're not doing Frozen the musical, that's theater pretty much. You yeah, know, yeah. you get you just try to get out to the regionals and hope they dig it. And um, I wrote very deliberately a play that actors would enjoy doing. Sure. And the hope is that an actor reads it, goes to an artistic director, and goes, oh, I want to do this. Yeah. Nice. I want to play blank in, in this That's play. That's smart. Um, and so there's no actual uh, performance in the show. Is that musical because, performance? Yeah, is that because of the rights to the music? Um, it's one, the rights to the music, and two, because I don't... I wanted it to be about the people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's music in it, but there's music in it the way there is music right, in, in Amadeus. You yeah, know? I yeah. mean, there's, there's, which and I'm not comparing my work to Peter Schaefer's, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, the idea was, there was always been a sort of intention of, like, what if I could do for punk rock what Amadeus did to classical music and, like, find out the crazy behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I, if, I felt like if I tried to make it a musical with people playing the songs on stage, it would get bigger and bigger and bigger and sure. maybe a little more watered down then each it becomes time. that cbgb's movie that might become that you know CBGB's what I mean? movie because or... that's all then then it's just like well we need you to play the songs yeah and don't I... stop talking you know and then and the and characters the are character. so rich and so interesting and um and obviously music is a huge part of it and we 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 actually and i talked about this when we were on the when i was on the show last time we we sort of use danny says as sort of a through line for the yeah, play yeah. Uh, we talk about the song being written and then it gets written and then it's received a certain way and it's um so music is obviously a huge part of it but i want it to be about the characters and their relationships with each yeah. other um and i think, that's I think that throws people i think i mean what what the toronto uh the um catchphrase tagline for the uh, Toronto production is it's not a fucking musical which great <laughs> fine you know okay, that's, that's something I, pro- I probably should have thought of that first you know think what, remember what you're gonna say but don't you think in a way because we're sort of, you're sort of dealing with what is I mean it's not the Beatles and it's not Prince it's it's kind of a niche it's genre a niche-ier thing, and a niche yeah. thing so you're I don't know if you necessarily gain anything by getting a bunch of actors or performers to play the songs exactly like that. So what you get is just what you've always said. We're just like, you get to shine the light on these people as maybe they were more than just that. This is interesting. And this is interesting. The relationships. So you, I think you gain more by doing that. And then it, and then it gets to travel. That's the hope. And that you get to understand you, you get your share of Joe Ramon, but you also get your share of Jeffrey Hyman and, and (laughs) just what was kind of going on there. And, and it's, um, um, Man, I can't wait for this to be a high school. Like a high my school dream place. is to see it done at a high school. Right? My dream oh, is to see like six high, high school schooler school, kids. Rock and roll high school. Absolutely. Like the one really weird kid who's like already 6'1 <laughs> in high school. Like that yeah. kid playing Joey. I am so into that. Yeah. I'm Absolutely. so what into were, that. What were you going to say, Marlene? Um, I don't know. He's All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to ask you. Uh, did you ever hear anything from the um, Phil Spector estate, or did you no? Have they're they're pretty to quiet these okay. days. <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil is um, Phil's well, kind of going in, on. He's kind of in the no comment category. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Just we, curious. We heard, you know, I, I've heard he's a little bit. Given up the high ground. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I mean, you're welcome to sue me. I guess. Um, the. Um, uh, <laughs> you know what I hardly at all mentioned in the play? Why you're in prison. Um, but uh, uh, 
<laughs> you know, I've had some some. I, I I was mentioning this earlier when we were off mic, but um, I ended up talking to Monty Melnick at one point on a radio show where we were both calling in, mm-hmm. and I think he started off. Um, uh, understandably a little contentious with me. And I was, I, I, I think I was pretty accommodating. I was, I was like, you know, listen, I understand this is obviously incredibly sacred material to you. And I, I want to, I, I want you to know that I'm putting the band in, I'm, I'm taking care of their legacy. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to do with the play and one of the things I, I felt like a musical might not have done mm-hmm. is give people a chance to take the Ramones seriously. Sure. Take them seriously as artists with a unified aesthetic hmm. and a vision for how they wanted to sound, how they wanted to look, and how they wanted to present themselves that was kind of theatrical. Oh, yeah. And I feel that if you if you do a musical, I think you get dismissed. And I love musicals. I love musical theater. I'm, I think I'm you get dismissed your outright. Play should have been a musical. I'm, I'm sorry. No, but it's no. a really common. No, it's a really common question. It's a no, really well, common I'm and sure. understandable question. Well, you could. I mean, there's lots of ways you could have done music in the play. Mm-hmm. You could have just done one song at the end. You could have. I mean, there's yeah. lots of. It doesn't have to be a show about the music. But I mean, I was just curious. I think Toronto's going to have a deal where they'll have a local punk band close the show. I mean, that, oh, that's awesome. Because here's the only thing that's great. that that live music is so electric uh. that it's like it's like when you're hearing that music in the theater, it's so sure. it gets you going so much and just even if people were just I'm I'm not saying you should do this. It's just a thought that I had. <laughs> A little late. Get rid of fucking late, Molly. Get rid of the seats and have a pit. Yeah, no. Why not? You know, it's what is missing from theater. What are these words about? Let's just. Every time I go to a Tom Stoppard play, I'm like, why isn't there a fucking pit? I apologize. No, 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 not at all. These are all legitimate questions, and you're hardly the first person to bring them up. Okay, okay, sure, 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 sure. Comes up a lot. Just curious. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, should, should I, we talk about a song? I, yeah, I mean, we I don't have talk to. About this song. Um, I have some. I have some facts. Let's, let's get into some facts. Some facts. I love stuff. a fact. So first of all, uh, this song starts almost identically to Iron Man. Oh, the Black Sabbath song Iron Man. Boo. Okay. Boo. But the original yeah, You're right. Oh. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Did they? They must have gotten that from that, right? This is probably. Song. They were Sabbath fans. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they were. Um, oh, that reminds me. Okay. So CJ Ramon was a big Sabbath fan. This is your this is our last taste of CJ, and that's what I was trying to get to was you didn't get to comment on the CJ era. I don't know. No. It's kind of a contentious thing sometimes. I don't know how you feel about the there's sort of a schism in fanship about well, you know, these five guys are the real Ramones and those other guys are less. And I don't, yeah, I don't give know. Give us your take on the CJ. Give us your take on, yeah. uh, on a Richie. <laughs> right into the microphone, as controversial as you can say. No. Uh, if, you have, if you have thoughts about it. No, I, 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 I mean, I'll be honest with you. I did um, I did not see the Ramones after Dee Dee left. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and it wasn't necessarily a conscious choice. Um, I, Dee Dee left right around my senior year of high school, and then I went, I left New York to go to uh, upstate New York, and um, for, you know, just, I still loved the Ramones, and I, I, um, I actually did teach a lesson on the Ramones at nice. one point what? in my, when I was doing my um, practice teaching, because I, I studied to be a high school teacher. Did you really? And well, I appreciate about you that you are a bit of a Ramones scholar, in a way, like, we have so many people on the show, but if they're not really in the band, then they're just 
you know, they just like the Ramones, but I like that you, you know, you've actually... Uh, well, I, find them, I just find them to... so goddamn interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They are so I interesting. Mean, they, yes. they, so they distilled... I, I love their place in history. I love their initiation of so much history. Yeah. You know, I, I, I you can place them on a, on a, con, a continuum with, you know, the Stooges and the MC5 and the New York Dolls at the, you know, to the beginning of them. Or you can just put start the timeline with them, mm-hmm. and that also kind of works. Yeah. You know, sure. they, they, they brought a pop sheen totally. to all those bands I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And a consolidation and a um, that sort of workmanlike aggressive. Yeah, um, they weren't as like glamorous and frilly as some of those other. I mean, frilly is a word. No, if you, if, if, what, you are the, I mean? what are the New York Dolls if they're not frilly? Yeah, they're frilly and fringy. <laughs> yeah, fringy. Yeah. exactly. But they, yeah, but they thought of a couple. Yeah, I I agree. I like those things too, and I like that they kind of were like, okay, we're kind of be like hard like the Stooges, but not quite like cutting ourselves yeah <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna also have more like sort of music musicality with joey's voice there's gonna be a sweetness and a, and a taste there's for gonna be harmony a yes mm-hmm. we're and gonna be like it's gonna be like punk rock stuff but we're not i mean yeah we have like dope fiends in the band but not before the show we, like we have to <laughs> but do, not before but I mean, you maybe won't you maybe won't hear the heroin in the music the way you right. hear it in uh-huh. a lot of other bands right, they didn't right, want right. to fall apart like you hear right. heroin in the totally. Velvet Underground you yeah. hear totally. heroin in the Stooges yeah eh, don't quote me on that I'm not entirely positive about the Stooges oh heroin. I think you hear yeah, that right. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah okay oh yeah <laughs> um, those but, songs are seven minutes long yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, you, but, you listen to Gimme Danger and like, oh yeah, those guys are on the spoon. I, that's yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> but I, but it's funny that they like, the they the cut, spoon I'm, here. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of that sort of thing of almost the, the, like the craftsman element of just like, okay, I'm going to take a piece of that, but leave that. I'm going to take a piece of that and leave that. Exactly. Take a piece of that and leave that. And this is my puzzle. Now. And that's what I'm talking about. How do I get this on their, stage? They're very strict aesthetic and yeah. how as much as their stuff sounds kind of accidental, there's a great deal of artistic strategy behind it. Definitely. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I just find really... Okay, really sidebar conversation. Okay. What do you guys think about the animals? About the animals? Huh? Yeah. Like, I is know. that a band that you guys love? Do you, do you no, like, look at know. this song and go, like, obviously this is a cover so, that they would I'm do? I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I, I feel like the animals, and maybe it's just a generational thing, but I feel like the animals, I have the same opinion of Eric Burden as I do Rod Stewart. Where I'm like, I, lo- I love Rod Stewart. Okay, Like, well, seriously. Then we're different because yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, different. I know I'm like, great voice. What else you got? Like, it, uh-huh. it kind of leaves me a little flat. But listen to the other songs. Spill the Wine, We Gotta Get Out of This Place, House of the Rising Sun. Yeah, I mean, no, this guy's like right it's not. Hits. It's not that they don't, but often I think, especially because they're part of the British invasion, mm-hmm. I never would put them with the Beatles, the Stones, the Kinks, the Who... You know, it's I'm, like they're, they're down. The I would actually list. put the zombies before I put the animals. Yeah. Even in my opinion, I, I agree with all the bands that that you just listed, Philip. But I also um, I only I, have so much room on Mount Rushmore for. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I would put the zombies up there. I mean, every song you just mentioned is I'd forgotten. Spill the wine. That's them. That is fun. Spill the wine's fun. You know what? My it, it, what's interesting about this song is that it's. It's fine. It it yeah. does that thing where the guitars try to sound like sitars, or they're actually sitars, <laughs> and I don't 
like a sitar. I don't like oh, when the Beatles use no. a sitar. Oh, wow. There's actually a moment in the Ramones play where um, Marky goes off on the Beatles using sitars, uh-huh. and I and it always gets, and that's an, your own always gets applause, and it's my <laughs> shit. I, I'm totally, as <laughs> far as I know, applause. Marky has no that's opinion one way or the other, but that's me. And Marky, if you're listening, I apologize. Um, but <laughs> now we're big what, Marky what fans. He knows. Marky's the longest running drummer. He's great. No, um, we, we love us a Marky. Um, um, but yeah, it does try to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and I. But w- one of the things I really like about, again, not being a huge fan of this covers record, not mm-hmm. being a particularly huge fan of this particular song, I love Joey's performance of it. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love his voice on this record. Yeah. I feel like he is pulling off stuff that. Burden wasn't able to pull off. Hmm. Burden's the singer, right? Yeah, yeah Eric Burden. Um, uh, In what way? Like, what, what specifically? Very specifically, there is a line reading, and because it's sort of a character piece, I'm going to view it, I'm going to critique it yeah, as an sure, actor sure, before sure. I, I critique it as Yeah, he was, love picked up this role. Right. Yeah. I was like, it's so juicy, he picked I up have this to role. sing it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There is a moment that has always bothered me of this song, very early on, where he goes, smoked my first cigarette at 10, and the at 10 is so precious and yeah. so lifted out of everything. I'm like, okay, well, if you s- smoked your first cigarette at 10, why do you sound like a bad guy from an E.M. Forster novel? What... <laughs> What are you doing? And Joey sounds like he might have legitimately smoked a cigarette at ten. Pause for a second. That's one of my notes. I that same line jumped out at me, and I realized I've never. I can't think of a single time when I've seen a picture of the Ramones smoking, and that feels like that feels wrong. Surely they smoked. They must have had. They must I'm have sure Dee Dee smoked cigarettes. Yes. I'm. I don't. Know I can't Joey, believe I, I never. I don't know if Joey smoked cigarettes though. I bet they I, all tried it, and I bet they tried it at ten. I don't know that Eric <laughs> Burden did. I do not know that Eric true Burden did. Okay. True that. True um, that. And and oh, but that very effete reading of at ten has mm-hmm. from, yeah. uh, always grinded against me. Before I could put words to why it bothered <laughs> sure. me. Sure. Um, and I think that Joey's that like on the verge of tears quality that Joey has in most slower Ramon songs. Mm serves this one really well sure i agree yeah yeah you know there is that sense of him always sounding like he's just about to get choked up and and um and i love it it's one of my favorite things about his voice so i think it works really well on this cover another thing that i have an opinion about this album it seems like it's i almost feel like it's songs that joey chose so that he could sing different things that he I'm sure there you know? was a. I'm sure in it, whatever ego he had, and love of Eric Burden and the Animals, mm. he was like, I want to. It's like that thing yeah. where like baseball players want to face the big pitcher. Oh, and you know, I want to go after to, Eric Burden. Everybody yeah. wants to see my Richard the Third, and now's my yeah. time to do it. Yeah, I think there's. It's just a cr- part of the creative thing is how do I put my mark on something that somebody else has put a huge mark on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a sort of a territorial there. pissing in the creative process. <laughs> yeah. of like I shall, I shall, I shall reclaim momentarily when I was young. <laughs> so, in general, do you like the songs that they chose for this album? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was our. That's been our big conversation. Was like some of them aren't like. The most trippy. Well, I they're the not seven and seven trippy. is is pretty trippy. Uh, yeah. The love song. That's good. Um, uh, what, what else is on? What else seven? is on there? Uh, uh, substitute. That's, that's on there. Um, yeah. Which the is journey, which, journey to the center of the mind. My back pages. Surf city. I don't love the my back page. I don't love. The I like my cover. back page. Really? That's interesting. Like I've that. never been a huge. Um, and that's not a knock on CJ. I um, I'm not sure that I love the Dylan song that much. 
for whatever reason. Well, they I'm did the really Birds version fan. of the Dylan Oh, you're right. Good point. Too. Good point. And it, yeah. and it also, I think, if memory serves our conversation about it, we liked it in that sort of way where, like, this was, like, in the 90s, you almost did, like, an ironic cover. You know, this was, this is a horrible comparison historically, but this is, like, the Limp Biscuit doing Faith. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think oh, it's right, sort of a right, tongue-in-cheek? Right. Yeah, oh, I mean, almost. Where it's like, it's like, look, we're a punk rock band, and we we're playing this bird song. So mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, Marilyn Manson doing Sweet Dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. interesting. Yeah. yeah, so there was a, it was a little, it felt in in line with those things. Yeah, you know I mean, but but yeah, it's an up and down, it's an up and downer. This one. Um, I have some insane things that I please, found that I want please. to say. No, no, get them out. They yeah. barely relate to anything, but they were crazy. So I tried finding out more about Eric Burden. So first of all, I was surprised he's still alive. For okay. some reason, 60, 60s, like hard drinking, hard living. I saw pictures of him. He looked good. He seems like he's doing fine. It was like a room. Yeah, you're um, dead until I hear otherwise. Though. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you had a hit in the 60s, you're dead, you're dead until I hear otherwise. <laughs> You're yeah. not dead to me, but yeah, I guess yeah. I'm going to assume we're going to start with the baseline of like, oh, he's obviously dead. He, he choked on his own vomit in the 80s, right? He That's how Keith that Richards, Newspapers have to have like a ready-to-go Keith Richards obituary for 30 years. So Minimum. I was blown away that he's still alive. Minimum. And then they have to scramble to write their Luke Perry. You know? <laughs> It's um, fucked up. So I thought. Daily update so he he sang with a bunch. I met Luke Perry one time. I want to say he probably would have laughed at that joke. He, oh, was, yeah. he had a wonderful, self-effacing sense of humor. He He's a like great he was guy. A very yeah. nice um, it's still a very fresh wound, but yeah, I, I, I just feel like uh, uh, he would have found that funny. Anyway, go on. Um, he might have also found this funny. Um, <laughs> nice Eric Burden eventually teamed up with the band War. Oh, yeah, the band War, who also previous to working with Eric Burden. Their singer was Deacon Jones, the NFL Hall of Famer who, like, came up... He, like, was the guy who invented quarterback sacks. Deacon Jones. And I just thought that was weird. That is Spill the Wine, Eric Burden in War? Is that is that... I don't know if that's exactly... Sounds a little bit like... It sounds a little worried. Cause it yeah. sounds a little bit like Lowrider. Yeah, yes. Now that I think of it. Yeah, I think it's close. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Uh, and the only other thing I had was that uh, this is the keyboards on this, mm-hmm. because it's prominent keyboards, was by sort of a journeyman musician called Joe McGinty, who's done a ton of stuff. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about Joe McGinty We on have, show but we didn't mention he has a project called Space Nuts. <laughs> N-U-T-Z. Good for him. Oh, that's a slow clap. And it's like all N-U-T-Z. covers by way of keyboard, including Blitzkrieg Bop. Oh, fun. I'm I gonna, don't know. I'm going to definitely listen to that when you I You should home. check it out because oh, you yeah. won't believe me it exists. I it am cranking it on I want. Home. I want to hear that immediately. Good luck. <laughs> Good I had luck. to. So you see, those didn't relate. There were natural transitions to get to anywhere else. I loved, but I had to talk I about every minute. Deacon Jones was a singer. Of course you had to talk about it. And a guy that. wrote an album called Space Nuts. Of course. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. Um, so feelings about this song. We've Ooh. thrown out a lot of feelings about this song. We seem like okay about this song. I mean, I'll go first. Just okay, to, go. Just to, just to set the stage here. Um, I You know, this album is... is very forgettable for me sometimes. Yeah, well, we all struggled to think of the song. I think I, I like this song more than I like other songs on the album. Um, I do like Joy's performance on this song. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm i listening to it on YouTube over and over again, and then Out of Time comes on, and I forget that I'm supposed to be listening to this song, so I'm just listening <laughs> to Out of Time over and over again, and I'm like, I wish we were just talking about Out of Time again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I like it. 
I like, you like it. it. Yeah. I think I'm gonna like it. Yeah. I'm gonna give it points for the fact that you and I have had this conversation of like there's so many songs on the Acid Eater album that don't really sound like they're trippy. And this one Yeah, that, that least... is the thing that kind of blows my mind about this album is you call it Acid Eaters, but I is it just because they're Ramones that they can't take it that they don't have they that don't skill. have the DNA to take it psychedelic. Well, I, I bet I, that can't be Johnny doing that little yeah, I mean, it, one wonders if and again, that's part of doing a cover is you put your own You're stamp doing it your on way. the material totally, totally. and, and this is that. psychedelia by way of the, the Ramones. Ramones. Right, okay, right, right. Fine. Right. Um, I think they're you know, for me, it, it really does come down to, to Joey's performance yeah. on yeah. this. I, I just, I think it's a great vocal performance. I think it's served by the fact that he is in his 40s by this point mm-hmm. when he's singing this song. and Almost dead. And, yeah, he's... he's, he's, he's <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. What is, just, what is this record? 94? 93. 93. Okay, so he's got like seven or eight more yeah. years. Um, but... You know, he's he's lived and lost a lot at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, and I yeah. think it comes across in the performance. And it's, um, uh, I think that makes it a solid leg for me. Is he cool. your most valuable, I'd say? Yes. I guess. Well, yeah. without question. Molly. Yeah, he's going to be my Mine too. MVR on this. I, I, I feel like everybody else I mean, is I guess fine. unless I give it to, I'm going to give it to CJ. Really? Well. Note that. I, I love CJ. And it's the last time I'm going to be able to say that. Well, technically, you can make (laughs) ever legally speaking. That's it. You can you could vote for whoever you want if you want to. I'll I'll give it to CJ because I mean I like Joey's performance, but it's like, all right, you know, okay. There's better Joey performances in the world. Fair enough. Sure. I feel like yeah, but it's yeah, it carries it for me. I get it. Okay. Well, does anybody else have any last shot? I was gonna say shots. At uh, Acid Eaters. Any last things to say about Acid Eaters? I mean, Eaters? I don't want to make it seem like Acid Eaters is just like a garbage album. I mean, I appreciate... No. I appreciate... It's the sole cover album in the... It's an outlier by its by definition. Yes. 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 It's the sole, complete, 100% top to bottom covers record. Yes. In the catalog. Yes. And it is them being like, we're just going to do this weird thing. And, that, you know, and I like that they did that. And that they, yeah. you know, pursued that itch. It's, it's funny. It's one of those things where, like, this is where sort of fanship lives, I think. Because I think for... I don't think anybody here at this table or maybe listening out there in Radioland would say, like, oh, yeah, I would take this over Rock the first Russia. album yeah, or Rock yeah, and Russia right. or something yeah. like that. But... I feel like if you're like the three of us, where it's like... If you're a completist, yeah. (laughs) Well, not only a completist, but also like, I feel, I know, I get to a point where it's like, I can't play that album again, Mm -hmm. but I still kind of want a taste of that. So it is interesting for me to hear, oh, that's them. It might not be... The biggest well, thing. See, also, that's interesting. If I and this there. is going to piss you off, Molly, is that <laughs> when I when I want to hear the Ramones, but I don't want to hear just like the standard Ramones, I probably go to Brain Drain. Really? Or oh, or man. I go to um oh uh, that's so the one with Gardner Serenity on it. Oh, um, halfway to sanity. Halfway to sanity. Sure. Um, because it's not. I I. But I think there's something to that. That those aren't. And I know it's it's a loaded question, loaded thing to say that it was like those aren't the radio hits. But I mean. They're the farthest thing from radio hits. Those albums. There's something to that. They'd be like, well, they only kind of exist for me. But no. there are. What's the, also, I'm of an age where they are. Those are the albums that because I'm not in my 50s, but I'm also not in my 20s or 30s. Those are the albums that I bought in the store the week they came out. Sure. Okay. 
Halfway to Sanity, I right, reviewed right. for my high school paper. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so um, cute. Somewhere it's lying around God, in my house. You're such an old school romance I remember you, so you, cool. told, yeah, you said that. Um, wow, and, you've really tried to... You have, you've brought so much academia to this band. I know. <laughs> I suppose. When you think about it, you I have... Suppose. You have... They're going to make that little... Someday, I'm hoping, we get... Because I remember in high school plays, they had those little books for the plays. Uh-huh. Oh, shoot. What was the name? Simon and Schuster. Like that. Of, <laughs> okay, of sure. Of the play. Sure. Four Chords and a Gun. They'll have yeah. that. Just like Neil Simon plays. Yeah, right. So then that's the then you'll get your your foot firmly in the. The, the hope is door. to get it published sooner oh. rather than later. I want to publish and then I want to translate it. But um, oh man, uh, oh nice. Let's go overseas. Why not? Yeah, why um, not? Um, Dude, take it to South America. I was gonna I'm say, sure yeah, right? they're gonna do it there. You know, I got a I request mean? from some rando to about uh, about Portuguese translation rights today. Cool. Um, I have no idea who this guy is. I have no idea that if it's legit that, or what. I mean, I, and it's not my money, but it, that can't be that hard to get somebody to translate it, right? No, I mean, I mean it, it's it's not even up to me i'd let him do it for free i just i i i have a, a deal going with my producer brian and I, I i would love to get that done but i think it has to be i want to make sure it's done by the right people right you right, know right, right. i mean translation is a whole separate craft totally um of trying to get like totally and i i would want to have some say in the matter but at the same time i conspicuously do not speak portuguese so <laughs> there's a lot of there is a lot of um this Phil uh, Spectre guy he's the good guy right uh, <laughs> you know it, it's it's it, there should be a lot of complicated stuff yeah. with it would be a lot of um very very weird um phone calls i think yeah. trying to figure out how to mm-hmm. how to make something like that work but i would love but to see the Brian's play job? <laughs> it is to a certain extent it is to a certain extent but i mean again i don't even know i mean chances are that anybody in brazil speaks better english than i speak portuguese yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, the yeah, way yeah, dumb sure. americans are but um yeah we'll see i'd love to see it in south america that'd be someday. awesome i'd love to dude, see it in south america guaranteed it'll be in south america i mean if they used to play else. arenas they used yes, to play soccer exactly. stadiums the down English there version in south america you could probably do that too but America's also point. in london <laughs> we had a reading two years ago was nice. that portuguese <laughs> we had a we had a reading in london two years ago with a, a producer who that's kind of a sad story actually he reached out to me um he um we did a reading at a little like um, rehearsal studio in London with a bunch of British actors um, who were all very, very good mm. and brought a lot of really interesting stuff to it. Cool. And you know, Were they show- all Ramones fans? Like, was everybody, did you have to be a Ramones fan to be cast or not? No, no. They were just actors that this producer and the director enjoyed working with. Okay. And um, so that was it. It was not a, uh, there was no sort of uh, Johnny Ramone litmus test or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they I feel like there should be there. maybe, but <laughs> I mean, a way, way to really keep it from being any actor can pick it up. There were moments <laughs> where the right one. There were moments where <laughs> it was, um, you know, it was it was British actors who hadn't been working on it for particularly long doing their best American New York accent. Oh, that's funny. So there were moments of like, oh, so you're from Brooklyn on Avon? Where are you from? What is this <laughs> that you're doing? But they were all very good. Anyway, the producer gave me some notes. I took some of the notes. I did. did Agreed with some of the other notes. He wrote back and said, "You know what? You didn't take enough of my notes. We're done here." Then he wrote back and said, "Wow, maybe we're not done here." And then he passed away. Oh man! Um, so right. kind of the air. But I would love to see it in London. He was I, I, um, I, I would love to. I think a British audience would enjoy it. But I'm, I'm not yeah. even talking about the actors. I just think that that's an audience. Like, the British get the Ramones. British get the Ramones, you know? and they get theater, and yeah. I think they would get the idea of, like, all right, play with the Ramones. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's fun, isn't it? All right, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I would, I'd be I'd be here for that. But I, I the fact that it's, it's you know, making its 
Honestly, the fact that it's making its premiere in, in a foreign country at all, even, yeah. if, even if it's just Bizarro America up there yeah. in uh, Toronto, America. I'm so over the moon. I'm it's thrilled so that like there's enough people in Toronto. And Toronto has real actors. There's tons of real actors. <laughs> and it's a great theater scene. We got a second city kid named Kevin Peterson playing oh, cool. um, playing Phil. Um, nice. And I, I checked him out online. He's a good. He's a really good choice for the role. Nice. Cool. Um, and uh, off mic, I will tell you about the Canadian actor they were looking. They were they were trying to make it work with. Okay. Um, I won't do Ooh. it. I won't do it publicly. But okay. if you guys keep it secret, we'll talk about it later. We'll just we'll just throw um, guesses at you. Until but you it get was tired um, <laughs> uh, Eugene Levy. Um, <laughs> the it, it's it's fun uh, just to see it get yeah. a sort of life of its That's own. That's amazing. And it's sort of you know a, a play is is very much like a baby in that you don't necessarily. You know, you're not putting a finished product out there. No. You know, you're putting something out there and mm. like, here, collaborate with me, You're just giving them me, a stranger. blueprint, literally. Yeah. And you can see it. It's not even like a movie where like, then they take the blueprint and they make the thing. It's like, then they take the blueprint and these people make a thing and that people make yeah. a thing and that people make a thing and, you know. They so. did a great thing in the Tulsa production that surprised the hell out of me where they wheeled all these gear boxes out at the beginning of the show mm. just as sort of set dressing and... And that was the first scene where all these gearboxes were sitting out there. And then in the second scene, when they show up at Phil's mansion, he's supposed to make an entrance from upstage. He instead, he popped out of one of the gearboxes where he'd been sitting for like 20 minutes. Oh wow. uh, and scared the hell out of me. And I screamed and laughed. I was thrilled. Um, and that's the sort of thing that like, you know, by all means, take, take yeah, my yeah. play and run with that's it. And you're probably psyched because you're like, you've seen it a million times. You fucking know every word. And then they surprise you and you're like, yeah. That's a very good yeah. feeling. It's that's a great. very satisfying feeling. That's yeah. cool. That's awesome. Well, that's actually a good segue for the last thing I wanted to say about this okay. album. Which okay. is that, um, you know, at this point in their career, maybe they're not going to make another Rocket to Russia. Sure. Right. You know? So the fact that they do this album... I feel is good as a fan that I want to see my my heroes try new things and do things, you know, mm-hmm. express themselves in the way they want to express themselves instead of trying to do the same thing sure. over and over again. So, and I um, also like I I sort of like the like the accidental autobiographical element of covers. Like you mentioned, the love cover, the seven and seven. Yeah. Is. I swear, Marky's the one pushing for that. Because oh, that drum part is amazing. Yeah. And I bet there's a part of me that's like, I'd really love to do that drum thing. And we were thinking with this that maybe it's like, I bet Joey's like, I could say Eric that. Burden's I the man. I really, yeah, yeah. I want to be able to do it. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of cool to think about yeah. like, oh yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. No, I, I, so yeah, I like, I like that just for like a study. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Good, good for you, acid eaters. Well, does anybody else have any other thoughts? John will have you back for more. More Ramones chat. Look forward to it. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us today. Uh, if you're in Toronto in April, you can check out Four Chords and a Gun. And again, it's opening on the 15th? On the 10th. 10th. April 10th. April 10th. And then it's the previews for a week before then. April 10th at the... Fleck Dance Theater. Fleck um, Dance. In Toronto. In Toronto. And then in Chicago At in the Broadway May, Playhouse. At the Broadway Playhouse in Chicago. On May 19th, which just so happens to be Joey's birthday. How about that? So if you're in the Midwest, you have, like, no excuse. Um, so check that out. Uh, or in Toronto or the greater Buffalo area. Yeah, any one of those. That's all the Midwest to me now. I'm West Coast. Um, <laughs> Buffalo is the gateway to the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, St. Louis. Sorry. The new... Screw <laughs> yeah. oh, it. You're like 20 feet from Ohio. I'm not, I'm, the more the I say sad. it, the more I realize. Yeah. Well, it depends on which way you're going. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, follow us on Twitter. We're at Ramones Podcast, and join us next time 
where we'll be discussing why is it always this way on Ramones of the Day. <laughs>